Public service announcement. I have just temporarily closed the doors to Lifestyle Business School. If you are a current or aspiring expertise-based business that has a business, courses, coaching, masterminds, where you are divorcing your value from your time, or that is the business model that you want, you likely know that Lifestyle Business School is the program that I have been tirelessly working on over the last six months to build out six comprehensive playbooks, which basically lay out the entire path. It has everything from business model design to offer creation, to back-end delivery, to driving traffic, live launch campaigns, automated campaigns, everything you could possibly need to start or grow a leveraged expertise-based business to the lifestyle business sweet spot. Now, never fear because we've only temporarily closed the doors and we have added a wait list. So if you head to lifestylebusiness.school forward slash join, pop your name on the wait list and you are going to be notified when we open up the doors with everything built out, which is super exciting. And all of the exciting changes that we have made to the program as well, which we will share in due course. But in order to get the special VIP bonuses, when we do open the door, I want you to go and pop your name on the wait list now. So that is going to be lifestylebusiness.school forward slash join, put your name on the wait list, and you will be the first to be notified when we open up the doors with everything built out with a lot of exciting changes and with pretty much the best deal under the sun. All right, let's get into today's podcast episode. In this special bonus episode, my friends, fellow podcasters, and students of my podcasting course, Launch Your Wildly Successful Podcast, the lovely Gina and Rochelle from Girl Interrupted interview me on their podcast about all things babies, business, and podcasting. Hey, I'm Stevie, and in just under two years, I quit my corporate job, grew an audience of tens of thousands online using social media and podcasting, and used my platform to build a wildly successful online business selling courses and digital products. Now, here's one thing I know for sure. There has never in the history of the world been a better time to launch and grow your online business. All you need is Wi-Fi, a little strategy, and someone to show you the way. This show is dedicated to showing you how I did it and how you can too. Welcome to the Stevie Says Social podcast. Hit subscribe now and let's dive in. Ready to get started and create your own online course or digital product? Head to steviesayssocial.com forward slash checklist now for the ultimate how-to guide. It's a bonus episode. Can you see why I'm not a singer and I am a podcaster? (laughs) Guys, happy Easter if you're listening in real time. Happy day if you're not. I'm not going to rabbit on, see what I did there (laughs) before this episode. I'm just going to let you know that I'm dropping a bonus episode. So this is a conversation that my beautiful friends and also students of my course, Launch Your Wildly Successful Podcast, uh, had last week on their podcast, The Girl Interrupted Podcast. Guys, go and check them out. Subscribe. If you're a solopreneur and you're a female in business that basically wants besties in your ear every single week, I'm so happy to support these guys because they're students of my course and you can see what sort of amazing podcast you can produce if you come and join us inside the program. Doors are open for a couple more days. So head over to steviesayssocial.com forward slash training if you'd like to join us in there. And just because they're amazing girls as well. I lost my train of thought. So hopefully that sentence makes sense, but I'm going to stop rabbiting on. This goes for just about an hour. It is pure gold for anyone that uh, is in business, wants to know about business and babies, wants to hear some honest business and baby discussions, and wants some solid gold around starting a podcast as well. All right, let's dive in. Have an excellent Easter.
This is for the girl who needs inspiration to take action and be bold enough to get shit done on the daily. We're all about meshing business and soul because you can't have success without a little zen. Each week, we'll bring you thought-provoking ideas, actionable tips, and spotlight stories from real people in the thick of it. Consider us your biz besties on a mission to help you live your most passionate, vibrant, and fulfilling life. All while connecting you with like-minded biz babes online and offline. We vow to keep you inspired, sane, motivated, and entertained. Yep, we're here for the good, the bad, and all that magic in between. I'm Rochelle. And I'm Gina. And you're you're listening to the Girl Interrupted Podcast. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Girl Interrupted Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Rochelle. And I'm Gina. And we are so excited to have our incredible guest. And this episode is such a goodie, right? We know this before it even starts. And honestly, I've been waiting for this moment ever since we launched our very own show because I'm one step closer to meeting this gal in real life. And we've honestly even joked about that before. Today, we have Stevie Dillon from Stevie Says Social with us to dive into all things business and babies. Yep. From biz baby to birthing a baby, this one is going to be such a goodie. And we know this woman delivers you and your having to press. I had to do that. I had to do that. Yeah. We have some cool little sound effects there. Um, So thank you so much, Stevie. Hello. I'm so excited to be on. Did you like that drum roll, Stevie? I loved it. And I actually need to put that into my podcast. Yeah, I, think. Totally I, like, do. I don't have any sound effects in my podcast. What is going on? Well, yeah, that's, a, that's your cue now. You can get that. So let me just quickly share a little bit about you. Stevie's an ex-lawyer turned social media marketer. Her mission is to educate and inspire passionate business owners to lift their social media game and build the profitable businesses and lives they want. She currently does this through online social media and digital marketing programs and through her regular free content. Her signature online program, Hashtags Aren't the Answer, is a step-by-step, here's exactly how you do it, social media membership that helps small businesses DIY their socials to build their followers, business, and bank account. Uh, Yes, please. Stevie is also the host of Stevie Says Social Podcast, which debuted at number two on the Apple Podcast, so this gal knows a little thing or two. It is in the regular top 10 business charts and has been downloaded more than just a shabby 200,000 times. So friends, we are in for a real treat. Okay. But before we start the show, Stevie, I need to share that we have six degrees of separation here, right? This is pretty surreal. And I thought I'll just going to, I'm going to, okay, me and my, I like to go a little bit wild with my explanations, but (laughs) I'm going to try and keep this nice and short. Essentially, my husband comes home about two and a bit years ago with a blog that he read that you were featured on told me to listen to one of your podcast episodes, which I was then absolutely hooked with, listened and binge listened to every single episode, came across Rochelle's interview. And at the time I really needed a pickup in my business and actually wanted to embark on a rebrand, did a little bit of research, ended up reaching out to Rochelle from listening to your podcast and then basically became her client, now biz bestie, then ended up Launching Girl Interrupted, launching our own podcast because we listened to your blueprint. I know. That is so cool. So number one, I can't believe that it was your partner that came across me yeah. because I swear that pretty much 99% of my audience is female, but that is awesome. <laughs> I actually asked him the other day because I told him that we were actually going to interview you and he said, and I tried to find out what blog that you were featured on or what podcast or how he came across, but he could yeah. not remember, but just such a, just such a crazy small world oh, and how we've eventuated here. I love it. I think it's so cool. And I remember, so Rochelle, you were the, I interviewed three people for my first three episodes on my podcast and it was Prue Chapman from Owners Collective, Anita from Word Betty and you. Oh, that's amazing. And Gina, you were the first, so the, the the very first time I decided I was going to do some consulting, you were the first person. Yes. To yeah. First? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, feel I so know. <laughs> that is so crazy. That's so totally full circle. I love when things like that happen. And as I mentioned, I think I even said this to you before, Stevie, we do have so many mutual connections and yeah. we haven't met in person. So we're like, I this know. needs to happen Wild, hey. this year. We need to somehow make that happen. Maybe later yes. 2020. Yeah. Just yeah. wait for everything <laughs> to calm down. 
All right, before we dive in, we love to do a little fast track round to friendship. So we're going to ask you a few questions so our listeners can really get to know you. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Well, what is your favorite coffee order? Oh, cappuccino, full cream milk, one sugar. It's so interesting to see and to sort of judge people on their milk choices too. (laughs) I also, I'm like, sugar. Like I haven't had sugar in my coffee for ages. And so I love hearing when people have sugar in their coffee. Just, just a thing. <laughs> Hilarious. What is your favorite quote? Just do it. Oh, yeah. yes. Action all the things immediately. Mm-hmm. Well, what is one of your favorite superpowers? Oh my gosh. Um, okay. This one's thrown me because nothing is coming to mind probably grit like just like pushing through and doing it yeah 100 yeah. percent. look at Not all the sexy, things but like that's what gets all of the things done yeah exactly look at all the things you've achieved so 100 percent, i would say that what is one of your recent wins that needs celebrating having a baby oh my gosh just yeah. a small one right <laughs> there small, how old is he he is seven months oh my on gosh. the 11th. Yeah, so oh um, almost seven months old, which is wild to me. But yeah, I'm sure we'll get into it. That yeah, we're going to totally right. dive in into that one. 100%. And how do you recharge as a business owner? Uh, wine. <laughs> Amen to that. It's basically fruit, right? Yeah, totally. 100%. (laughs) I've actually, because we're all in obviously lockdown at the moment, I've been in self-isolation for the last 14 days. I've discovered this like um, bring it to your door wine delivery service. And I've had so many deliveries. It's going to make me sound like an alcoholic. I've had so many deliveries brought to my door that I've gotten my eighth daughter free. (laughs) (laughs) That is amazing. I was also wondering when you said wine, I was like, my, my biggest concern was like, how the hell are you even getting wine right now? If you can't go out and get it, but that is incredible. I I love that. Okay. Finally, what's one thing you're grateful for besides your eighth order that is now free? Uh, I feel really grateful that I work online at the moment and that Mm. I get to do what I love every single day and that things haven't impacted me, um, potentially as much as other people. I've watched, you know, friends of mine that have, uh, bricks and mortar stores, hairdressers, makeup artists, super successful, and they haven't been able to keep their doors open and it breaks my heart. Yeah, that's something to, to be very, very grateful for, especially in the time that we're in. Yeah. And just even when this podcast is launched and we listen back in future, I think it's always going to be a great reminder of this time and mm-hmm. just another thing that we need to be grateful for and to take in that present moment. So totally. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's just dive in because I really want to know, um, well, I want to know a little bit more about your journey and I want our listeners to know about your journey, but also, you know, where did it begin and I guess where you're at in the journey today? So it began, uh, how far back? I was born in, no. Yeah. <laughs> how much time do we have? Uh, it was so a gloomy I day. Work, I was working in corporate for um, for a, like a premium residential real estate agency and I uh, wanted to learn all I could about social media, basically. So I started writing these like epically long blog posts, which is probably what your partner came across. Um, and I was just teaching people what I was learning. So I was learning all of this, like, uh, you know, cool new stuff that I'd never, you know, learned before. And I just wanted to share it. So I started writing these blog posts and I was doing that for about six months. And then I went on a holiday to Europe. So I went overseas for uh, a month and I did Yacht Week and like all these really cool things. And I wasn't in my corporate job. So I had like the time and space to just kind of go, do I really want to keep doing the corporate thing? And I'd had people kind of contacting me more and more and saying, you're growing a lot on social media. I would love to know what you're doing. Uh, Will you do the same thing for my business? And I was like, you know what? I could potentially make something out of this. So I got back from overseas, resigned, which was like the scariest thing I've ever done in my life and started my business. And that was, so it's 2020 now. So that was 2000 and. 17 in November. So started my podcast a little bit after that and then literally got a lot of groundswell from the podcast, which we can get into, but um, kind of switched pretty quickly from 
social media management to offering digital courses. Um, went to Bali, put together my first course over two or three months, which was like living the dream, best thing ever, and got back and launched it. And that was a year later. So that was November 2019. Um, sorry, 2018. And yeah, ever since then, I've been kind of offering digital courses around social media and then just recently um, have kind of pivoted a little bit into teaching people how to build a standout personal brand using social media, but also using podcasting and then monetizing it with digital courses, which is pretty much what I've done. So that's the cliff notes. That's the gist. Just in, yeah. a, just, in, just in a few, like that's an incredible feat in just honestly a few short years. And what we hope to do and endeavor to do on this podcast is really show the reality of the journey because I feel like sometimes that part of it is just like we started here and then we made it. Yay. But we want to highlight, I guess, in this short time, you've built an incredible thriving online marketing business around, you know, social media. What's been your highest high and lowest low? So the highest high would be launching the podcast and launching the first intake of hashtags aren't the answer, like hands down. So I launched the podcast and it went straight to number two. And I was just like, what the hell? Like I literally was on the app just looking at it next to Tim Ferriss. And I was like, maybe this is just because you know, it's my phone and so it's bringing it up, you know, further up. So I got all of my friends to check whether they had it as well and they did and I was like, wow, this is so wild to me. Uh, And then the launch of the course, which I had no idea what to expect because I've never done anything like it before and there are 160 students in the first intake, which just completely blew my mind, was I had like a good, better and best goal and it smashed the best goal. So that was definitely the highest highs. Lowest lows, I would say um, when people aren't happy. So for example, there's three one-star podcast reviews (laughs) sitting on my podcast. And you're always going to focus on those one stars, aren't you? I focus on those damn reviews like nothing else. I had this one girl contact me and say that she hated the sound of my voice. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh, that burns. Um, So things like that. And I actually, so I've had so many positive reviews on all of my courses. I've had hundreds of them. And on the weekend for the first time, I had a girl contact me and uh, say that she wasn't happy with the course for a few different reasons. Um, And a lot of it, I'm not going to go into it because it's quite fresh at the moment, but it was potentially related to, you know, where we're at in the world at the moment and, um, you know, payment plans and things like that. And I've really fixated on it. Like I spent all weekend thinking about it, you know, um, and thinking about, well, you know, what could I have done to make her feel happy? And at the end of the day, like I literally spoke to quite a few people about this specific thing over the weekend. So it's very fresh. Um, and they'll say, you know, you can't please everyone, you know, you still fixate on the one. Oh, it's so hard not to. And I can totally relate to that. I'm kind of going through something at the moment with the client as well. And I'm doing absolutely everything in my power to make this situation, you know, be as good for everyone as possible. Mm. And at the end of the day, sometimes I just feel like people are going to be fixated on things for themselves and there's nothing you can do to change their mind. Mm. So I really try and focus on how I personally handle the situation because that's all Mm. that I can control. And it's never nice having someone say, you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll get a one star. Can you do zero star podcast? (laughs) I'm sure someone's going to have those same kind of things. And I don't want to see them because I'll probably fix it on them. But Gina, I mean, you have an online business and you have people who leave you mean comments sometimes too. I feel like that's something that I've really worked on moving past. In fact, I get them all the time, stupid, silly comments, but Mm. I just have to build a a boundary. It's about, Mm. it's about creating that boundary. All I can do is deliver the best that I can deliver. And if somebody doesn't resonate, then that message isn't for them. And that's fundamental how I feel about it. But I was just going to say you're human, Stevie. Like that's, you know, a natural reaction. Oh, a hundred percent. It still floors you when you see it or if it comes through or, or whatever. And I think probably one of the biggest learnings I've had from it is that you don't always need to be right. So I even specifically, you know, if a one star review comes through for the podcast or specifically in relation to, um, this email that I got on the weekend, you 
I was kind of thinking of going back and saying, in relation to this point, actually, this is kind of how it is. In relation to this point, you know, no, that's not 100% correct. I don't actually think that that serves anyone. And I think you just kind of cop it and potentially move on. That's how I've dealt with it specifically in relation to that one. But I don't think you always need to be right. I think you can kind of just let it be and move on. And I think it goes again with what we were saying is that you can't control that person's mind or their decision. Mm. All you can do is change what you are putting out. And if you know in your heart that you did the right thing, then it's like, I don't need to explain myself to you because that's never going to resonate. And that's, I think that's the hardest thing with having that type of you know, scenario in your business because you pour so much of yourself into something and to hear that that's, you know, not jiving with someone else. You're like, wait, what? I do so much. Mm-hmm. Like how, how mm-hmm. is this even happening? So totally. yeah, I, can yeah, totally understand that. I think it's an interesting one though. Cause you just like, you focus on the one, even if there's 255 star reviews, you've gotten a hundred positive reviews, you know, and I think that's human nature, but a hundred percent. Well, I want to know as well, because you did go from doing service-based services. So you were doing a lot more one-on-one things at the very beginning. Then you kind of ventured into the digital products and the courses. Was that transition always in the cards when you first started the business or was that something that you really felt was needed and that you created? I always knew that I didn't want an agency. So generally when you start off in anything, you start off, you know, when it's at the beginning, it's just you, right? So I kind of got to capacity really quickly and I think this is the case for a lot of people and when you do, it either gets to the point, especially if, you know, especially if you're a service provider, you either bring on other people to help you and you go down the agency route or you go down the coaching space and I had worked immediately before I left corporate in kind of a, so I was working for a real estate agency, but in their advertising agency. So I was really familiar with how an agency worked. And I personally, it just was not the business model that I wanted for myself. And so I knew that going into it. So it was either you go down the agency route or you stay small, like you stay really, really small and you just kind of have the clients that you have. And I never really wanted that, but I knew I didn't want to go down the agency route. And so the next logical step for me was the coaching route and digital products and things like that. So it happened very naturally. Like it's not kind of like I wanted to, okay, cool, I'm going to start this business and I'm going to launch a course. And I didn't have that in mind, but I did know that I wanted to help people in a way that wasn't um, necessarily servicing. That's so interesting that you say that because I'm obviously in the space that I am a service-based business and I have a small team, but I don't know necessarily what that looks like for me. I I think I know now having managed people that I don't want a big team. That is for sure. And I used to work, I worked at an agency of a hundred people. Now I'm like, no way in hell would I want to be Mm. in charge of that many people. But yeah, it's interesting when you kind of know what you want for yourself, whether that is to have a team at all or to be one or two people or to do something completely you know, online and, and focus on serving the masses while still being able to scale that way. Totally. And it was so interesting about sort of three or four months into me starting a business, I had dinner with a couple of girls and they were talking about their plans and things like that. And one of them was like, you know, all I really want is to have an office. I want it to be by the beach. I want to have like a whole heap of people in my team. And I was just listening to her say that. And I was like, that actually sounds like my absolute like worst nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) Totally hear that. So just not what I want. So I knew what I didn't want because I'm actually like, I'm a person that, um, I'm an introvert at the end of the day, like I'm an extroverted introvert. And Mm -hmm. so I just think that my business model is so perfectly made for me because I can sit at home. I can service people without having to leave my house. I can, um, you know, get into the zone of creating things and educating people. And I don't have to deal with the, um, managing of people and things like that, which just is not my thing. Mm, I love that. And I think it's so conducive to also look, having a family. I mean, you've recently had a baby boy, and look, no, neither of I, neither of us have kids, and it's definitely on our minds at this age. Um, I'm being going to be turning 35 this year. I already turned 35. This I'm like, year. Should, we, should we reveal our age on here? But yeah, so we're we're currently thinking about myself and my partner. You know, having that family, and so I guess it's just so interesting that you have 
you know, you got that set up for yourself. So can you walk us through, like that to us is daunting and running a biz and also having a biz baby. Can you walk us through how you even prepared for that and how you created downtime for yourself and that process? Mm. So I was exactly the same as you guys. So I was 34 when I was like, okay, I'm going to start trying. I'm getting older, the whole thing. Um, and I have endometriosis. So I didn't realize that it was going to be difficult to have a baby and ended up being quite tough. So I ended up going through a couple of surgeries and anyway, so it ended up taking about two years from when I decided to, when I actually fell pregnant. So I always had in the back of my mind, it could happen at any time, but so interesting by the time it actually happened, like by the time I found out you're pregnant, you're having a baby, it was like the this thing from my mind because I was like well it hasn't happened I'd actually even g'd myself up to the point where I was like you know what I actually can see a really good life for myself without kids and I've never been the sort of person that is like personally for me it's never really been the number one for me like I've never really been like I just want to have kids I just want to have kids Mm. um so and didn't you get engaged like fairly soon before that happened as well yeah yeah so I got engaged um god that um Europe trip that I was telling you oh yeah 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 so that's when I got engaged um so yeah so we pretty much decided then okay look we're going to start the process um and went through like a whole heap of different things that is a topic for another podcast episode but um yeah so by the time I actually found out that yep this is happening I was completely flawed because I had all these plans for the year so I found out on January the the first or the second that I was pregnant and I had the day before written out my entire 2019 like business plan and strategy and I found out I was like okay (laughs) this is going to change things slightly shift those plans a little bit (laughs) just move everything from September out um so I had a massive wake-up call and I was like, oh my gosh, there is no way that I can go at the pace that I've been going at. And it's the unknown, right? Because I was like, I don't know how I'm going to feel after I have a baby. I don't know um, if I'm going to feel resentful of the fact that I can't work because I'm such a driven person. Like, I don't know what I really even need to do to prepare. Like, it was all just like, oh my gosh, what do I do? And, um, And I ignored it. (laughs) So for the first um, five or six months, I had really bad morning sickness and I was floored for, oh God, a good month or two. I was just so, so, so sick. So I didn't really do too much at the start of the year. Then I just kind of got into this like crazy work mode and I was just trying to kind of get as much done as I possibly could. And then it got to about June or July and I was due in September and I was like okay this is not sustainable like I can't work myself out of this I need to actually think of a way that I'm going to sustainably be able to do this when I have a baby um and Jules and I had had a conversation uh around that time because he was preparing to hand his notice in he was made redundant at that time so um he basically we decided that he was going to be stay-at-home dad so that happened which was um good and then I made a plan so um I batched a whole heap of work so I basically batched two launches ahead of time I batched like three months of podcast episodes look an eight-month pregnant person should not be doing this I don't recommend this (laughs) oh my god (laughs) sorry I actually also sorry three months yeah we I mean obviously my plans this year have changed massively because of what's happened but I was supposed to be back home in Canada for two months and I told Gina we're gonna have to batch create two months and she was already freaking out about that (laughs) two months I'm just listening to you Stevie and everything that you're saying is resonating all the same fears and concerns and stresses I'm like hearing you Mm. real Mm -hmm. hard and like fast that's for sure sorry it's wild and like I'm not saying that the way that I did it is like the way to do it because I don't recommend it I actually was looking back at one of the um launch videos that I recorded so I recorded it when I was like nine months and two days pregnant and I am like bloated in the face and I just want to go back to that me and just go what were you doing like why did you because I just felt like I had this hard end date where I needed to have everything perfectly done and if I didn't have it perfectly done what was going to happen to my business Mm. um 
So I was in a good position when I first had the baby. So I had Jimmy, he was like just over a week overdue. And um, I pretty much had like everything batched and done. So I did like a Facebook ads launch, podcast course launch, all of my podcasts were sorted. And so I didn't really have too much to do for the first little while. But then I decided to launch, I don't even know what was going through my head, but I launched my social media course <laughs> at six weeks. So he was five and a bit weeks. And I was like, I'm going to do another launch of this course. And even everyone around me was like, what are you? It's like you're playing in the slot machine. Like you're addicted (laughs) to gambling at this point. (laughs) I know. And so I did like another really big course launch um, pretty much from scratch, which anyone that has done anything like that, it's like a really intense period of time. And then after that, funnily enough, I was just burnt the hell out. Like I was so burnt out. Really? And so, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No shit. I didn't record another podcast episode. I didn't do another launch. I just went dark for like three months because I was so burnt out. And so that was literally the first three months of this year and I'm just getting back into it now. And then we're hit with the global pandemic. So (laughs) (laughs) it is what it is. I definitely don't have, it's just such an interesting, nobody can ever prepare you for becoming a mum like it is literally the most wild ride you will ever go through in your life and I think that people who are already mums don't want to scare you oh it's like the unspoken code that you don't tell someone who doesn't have kids or you do like I think like I had friends that told me but there's nothing that can prepare you like the first six months so I'm just coming out of that now the first three months are just full on in every aspect of the word. Like you go from being this independent independent person that has all of your own time. Um, you can do with it what you want. Um, you have a business that's basically your baby. So you're spending all of your time on it. And then you go from that to literally having this little human that needs you 24 seven. And even though Jules was stay at home dad, they need their mom. Of course. So, um, so, yeah. Thanks, Stevie. You've really yeah. sold it to me. I'm so excited. <laughs> no, I said that to everyone who has those so conversations. Excited. Like all the all my mom friends, I'm like, wow, you were really, really selling it to me. I just don't <laughs> even know. And I want to touch on something you said before you had Jimmy. You said you weren't sure how this was going to go. Would you, you know, resent anything? Would you, you know, how would that look? And how has that identity for you shifted throughout the process? Also, your approach to business friendships and success like has that really I'd love to just hear from you and just as a a kind of a side note I think for me my biggest fear is that losing identity and how the hell am I supposed to be this successful businesswoman and that's what I attach my identity to to then all of a sudden being a mom and like how do you not look I'm gonna say this word and I I really don't want to be judged for it but like resent that situation and not I'm not saying resent in that kind of way but it's like I just I don't know how I'm going to react to that Yeah. And so you are literally the old me. So that was me and literally everything. I actually um, recorded a podcast episode about this where I was talking about like, I want to not lose myself in the process of becoming a mum. And that's really important to me. And I'm really honest about this. And sometimes people (laughs) think that I don't enjoy being a mum because and, and that's like, let me just like preface this by saying like, Jimmy is the most amazing little boy. Being a mum is the most amazing thing in the entire world. And I've never felt a love like it. And I am obsessed with him, but it's also the hardest thing I have ever done in my entire life. And, um, there are times that I resent not being able to do what I could have done before. And so, and I think that when you first have your baby, so for me, when I first had a baby, it was like the ultimate shock. And I think everyone goes through this to a certain extent, um, some to more and some to less of a degree. But I think if you're really passionate about what you do, um, there becomes this like real kind of push and pull because you're kind of like, I love my baby. I love my work. I don't know. And then you feel guilty when you're working and you're not with the baby. And then you feel guilty when you're with the baby and the business is struggling. And I still haven't reconciled that, but I do feel like you come to a certain peace with it and it becomes the new normal. So I don't know if it has gotten any easier, but it has become the new normal and you create your life around that. And there will always, I think, always be that tension for me between the two. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. I think I think we both relate to that. And I said to Rochelle, maybe we should have kids at the same time so we can both <laughs> feel the same feels. But I, I, I can totally hear you and I can totally feel that. And it is about creating that new norm. You can't go back to where you were, but you also don't need to expect to be where maybe others are at either. I think you can create your own so reality. So frustrating though. Like, uh, yeah. I'm the most driven person and I'm like, I want to do, because I see people, especially like from the beginning of the year until now, see people around me like launching things and doing these things and I'm like oh I just like within every single like inch of my being I want to do that stuff but you also have to realize the season that you're in mm-hmm. and I've seen how quickly Jimmy's growing he's seven months old now right and that has blown and he's such a beautiful little boy and I need to honor that mm-hmm. and you'll never get those times back either right Mm-mm. yeah 100% and I feel like this kind of feeds into you really do need to slow down to speed back up because you've taken, you've actually birthed a whole bunch of other things in the process of this. And I think perhaps it's maybe been acknowledging where you're at, creating that space and actually getting that rejuvenation. Maybe you were burnt out, but you kind of let yourself have that three months to really get back in tune with what your new direction or new journey is. So, you know, you've announced some incredible things that you're going to be doing with Stevie Says Social. You know, what was that that moment where you felt like you wanted to pivot your business and what has been something that you've really wanted to focus on since that process? Yes. So this had actually been coming for a while and I think it really just came down to the fact personally, I was um, wanting to talk about more than just hashtags and Instagram. And I think a lot of people get to that point when they are niched down. And so I was finding that I was a lot more passionate about what I was doing behind the scenes in my business, which was um, my podcast and creating digital products. And I could see, obviously, because it's me, what impact that was having on my life. And, you know, you hear all these people online that are like, you know, it can change your life and, you know, get in now and make money online. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about that, but it really has changed my life, my business model. And there's a lot of people around me that, uh, and I think that the time we're in at the moment with the whole COVID-19 and whatever, I think it's quite an interesting time at the moment because I have a lot of friends that didn't know anything about this world and they have, you know, um, they have really tough jobs or they're working in industries with really kind of high profit margins and it's, uh, sorry, low profit margins and it's really hard to kind of make it all work or, you know, and I can just see my business model is such an amazing business model And I'm like, I genuinely am so passionate about other people experiencing it because it's not rocket science and it's so achievable. And um, that's kind of really been on my heart and it's what I've been passionate about. And I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to start talking about that more because, um, because it's what I'm passionate about. And I really like feel like at the moment people say, what's your mission? Like I honestly feel like my mission is to help people experience the same thing. Mm, I love that. How has that looked like for you being able to create something new again, being in this new mom phase and having kind of, again, having being in between that balance. And I know that's a a choosy word depending on who you are, but, um, how are you, how have you been able to shift through that being able to still focus and create something new and focus on your goals and dreams as a business owner? So it's really been for me um, realizing that. So, okay, so there's pre baby Stevie and there's post baby Stevie. (laughs) (laughs) A day in the life of pre baby Stevie was I would get up at six o'clock, I would go for a nice little walk all the way around Burley. It was really lovely. Then I would come back, I would like leisurely have my breakfast, I'd sit down at my desk. Then I would work for like 12 hours, I'd finish, I'd have some wine, and then I'd go to bed, right? So post-baby like Stevie <laughs> <laughs> is I would, uh, let's start at the going to bed bit. Okay, post-baby Stevie is you go to bed, then you're up every single hour pretty much until 7, no, 4 a.m. in the morning, let's say, at which point the baby is just up and then you're so tired that you can barely even get out of bed. You like have two or three coffees. You know that you need to start working, but then you have a nap because the baby has a nap. Then you start working at about 10 o'clock. You feel horrible. You're so tired. You have another nap. Then you kind of get two or three hours of work done. You feel guilty about the fact that you've got nothing done. Then you remember that you have a baby. 
and the whole process repeats again. <laughs> I literally, I already can, um, I can predict the future on this one. That's me for sure. <laughs> I am dying. I love, I love just seeing the the contrast and yeah. it is, I, I hate to say it's a juggle because it's not a juggle. It's like blending. You almost have to blend the pre and the post and find that neutral space. You just have to realize that you, you, you're not the same person. And this is the hardest, this was the hardest thing for me to reconcile because your identity up until a certain point, you have been the same person for 36 years, right? And there's actually a term for it. You should look it up. There's a, um, if you look up the hashtag matriescence, I think is the way that you say it. It's the process of becoming a mother. And it's actually amazing. So like in your mind, so there's more that goes on in terms of the chemistry of your brain when you become a mum than the only other time that compares is adolescence. So it is literally your whole brain reprograms chemically and people who know more about this than me will probably just be like horrified at the way I'm explaining it. But it, your whole brain kind of restructures to become a mum. And so um, it's just such a... Um, what's the word for it? It's such an interesting transition. And so you will spend a certain period of time really mourning the old you before you slowly turn into the new you. Sorry, guys, I'm not selling no, this. No, no, no. You, you <laughs> but this is the conversation we need to have. Be honest. It, it, it needs to be real and raw. Like if, if you, if we don't, we don't want to hear the roses and like pansies version of, I don't know why I said pansies, but like <laughs> roses and daffodils version of this. Yeah. I want to hear the reality and what you've really come through because I feel like that, that we've got that entrepreneurial spirit, that, that feeling within us. And yeah. Know. And I think it's also having followed your journey for a little while and not knowing you personally on that level to understand like the struggles and things and, and the wins that you celebrate off camera essentially. Cause it's not like, I know you don't live your life on social media, but it is hard when you're constantly seeing people doing this and doing that. And you're like, Oh my gosh, she has it totally together. And how did she just have a baby? And she looks amazing. And you're making up all these, you know, preconceived notions in your totally. mind when in the back end, you're like, fuck, I'm struggling to, you know, stay awake and to, to still do things. Yeah. And it's so interesting that I mean, I probably would have been the same as you of like working the 12 hours. I've definitely conditioned myself to work less because mm. of just, again, that more like do less, get more mentality is something yes. I've really adapted to over the last little bit because I've been so burnt out at times. Yeah. Even in, even in now with, with Jimmy, like, how are you finding that motivation to get things done? Is it just more like, I need to get this done and you just dedicate time and you have your partner who's also helping out like how what does that look like for you to actually get yourself motivated yeah so it's basically about prioritizing things so realizing what's what is important and what's not important so things that I had to do before that I thought was like you know really really crucial that I did like fixing up PowerPoint presentations and just random things like that don't need to be done by me. So it can be done by somebody else and I can spend my time on the things that really move the needle. So um, I'm still like, I'm still motivated, but it's really about making sure that I'm doing the right things. A hundred percent. I feel like also, look, at the end of the day, you have still managed to motivate yourself to launch a podcast course on the five seconds of sleep that you've had. So you're obviously doing an incredible job. And you know what? It is just a huge barrier to entry for a lot of people in that space. And I just wanted to know, you know, if people are starting a podcast, how would they? And if they haven't yet, if it's on in their minds, what what do you what would you say to those type of people? Um, just do it. <laughs> Funnily enough, that is my quote, but I think I'm actually running a live training this week and I just did the first live training in the Facebook group. And when people were coming in, I was asking them, um, what podcast do you want to start and what's your reason for not starting yet? And so in the first live training, there were like 700 comments on this video and I was like, this is wild. So everyone has it on their heart, but they're either scared of the tech, they're worried about self-doubt, like what people are going to think of them. Um, or, you know, I hate my voice or something along those lines. Um, they um, are scared of not being successful or they're scared of being too successful. Like what if people um, don't listen or what if people listen and they think I'm silly? Um, and there's a couple of other ones. And I was just like, it's just the same things coming up again 
and again. And I think probably the biggest thing is that you just have to, and I think like it's the same when you start a business or it's the same when you do anything that's like not what you have always done. Um, You need to get over yourself and realize that it's not necessarily about you. And imagine once you have that podcast out in the world and you're helping people and you're serving people and like you guys probably have this as well. Like I have daily messages from people that are just like, thank you so much, you know, and I think that once you realize that it's not about you, then it kind of gives you the courage you need to just get started. But it's yeah. a huge thing. There's so many people that just, they're scared. 100%. I felt all the same fears that you just mentioned, all those yeah. barrier to entry, all those barriers to entry. And uh, I did too, accept the tech, but we first recorded at a studio. I think that's why I was like, look, I'm not even going to think about the tech. I figured it was pretty easy when you... I mean, I also have to say, and, and shout out to the blueprint that you did before you, you didn't have the course when, when we were starting the podcast, we probably would have done it, but your blueprint was perfect because it was the like done for you solutions of everything that you need. It's like, here you go. Here's exactly step-by-step what you need for the podcast. And you had the thing about the tech in there. I was like, okay, well, we'll park this for now. Cause we don't need it right now. We're going to go out of the studio, but it just helped us step-by-step logically understand what it takes to launch a podcast. And honestly, it wasn't a lot. Like it, it was more yeah. or less, I think for people, it's the idea. That's the hardest part is like, what are you going to call it? And what, like, what are you trying to, what's the message you're trying to serve? And what are you going to call it? And like, then I feel like the strategy maybe around it was mm. also another hard thing for like, just to not know and to have to do on your own, which is why I think what you've done is amazing because it, was, it, it just was perfect. I loved it that we, uh, Rochelle's like, okay, let's print it out. And we get into the studio and we're like <laughs> ticking off the checklist and we're like one by one and we're like looking it up and doing the videos. And it was just honestly the most clear process laid out for you. Well, also, I don't have time for a six week eight week, whatever, you know, when people do online courses, totally. it's like, yes. I don't want to follow that week by week. I'm just not, I don't have the time to do that. So for no. me, when you're like, look, these videos are two to three hours tops, then you're done. And here are all the checklists and here's everything you need. I'm like, that is my kind of course. I just need it done for me. That is perfect. And I feel like, you know, in order for other people who are maybe in the same boat of starting a podcast, what you know, we were obviously so well-equipped with your blueprint, but what are some things that can really help people stand out of the crowd when they're starting a podcast? Yeah. So I think, yeah, everything you said is hundred percent, right? Like one of the biggest things that people say is the time thing. Like I don't have time to start a podcast. And so, um, that's why I was never going to create a course that was like, <laughs> this is going to take 11 hours. And you know what I mean? Um, but to get started, I think probably hundred percent what you said around, Um, picking the right topic. So one thing that I'm finding with the live training I'm doing at the moment is people will come in and they're like, I want to do a podcast on lifestyle, business, blah, 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 right? So you're never, ever going to stand out if you go too broad. You need to make sure that you know that one person that is going to become your best friend that is going to be listening to you and how you can help them in a more specific way. So you basically stake your claim in the podcasting landscape. So you're never going to stake your claim at the moment if you go, I'm going to start a marketing podcast, right? Because there's a million marketing podcasts out there. But how can you say, okay, no, I'm going to be the person that is um, niching down as an example, marketing for uh, real estate agents. And you could even niche down further than that. And people are like, oh, I don't want to go down that far. But the thing is you can go broader later, and there's always, you've got a worldwide audience. There is always going to be more than enough people for that specific topic. As long as you love it, you can talk about it for up to 100 episodes and um, you know about it, you have an expertise in it, then you just go all in. That's so funny because when we, I mean, when I was on your show, what was that, 2017, I loved the experience and I was like, oh, this would be so cool to have a podcast. And I thought about it for maybe a year of like, I'd love to do that, but I was not feeling called to do that as Rochelle, the business owner of Sable Row. And when Mm. Gina and I started Girl Interrupted, I was like, oh my gosh, we have to start a podcast. It was like, without a doubt, something I felt so called to do. And luckily I bribed her enough to get into it with me. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) But you know, that that really took a lot of bribing. Yeah. (laughs) 
it just felt so much more aligned. And I think we, totally, that's we, what it is. yeah. And that was something that, that was not aligned again for me as like telling branding advice and how to do this, because I just, I don't think I could have a hundred episodes to do. I can barely even put together my Instagram strategy on that, huh. you know? But I think in that sense, we joke sometimes we're like, what are we even going to say in our podcast? Like, how can we have all these episodes? Whereas Gina and I have voice notes to each other every single day about random mm. shit that is totally podcast worthy. So it's like, that's the exact kind of stuff that you need to be like, if we, if we find ourselves so entertaining, I'm sure someone does just, <laughs> just one person, just let them listen to us and now craziness. But I feel like there is that, that barrier to entry in there was that barrier to entry in my mind. Oh my gosh, there are so many podcasts out there. Like who is going to listen? And does there need to really be another podcast out there? And I feel like a lot of people would have that as a big barrier to entry. Mm -hmm. So why does someone need to start a podcast in 2020? And I think that that literally comes down to the same thing. Like it's literally coming down to staking your claim in a specific piece of land um, and making it your own. So you are the go-to person in this particular thing. Why is now the time to start it? Because I literally think we're at the point with podcasting. Like I am pretty old, (laughs) but I remember like the days when blogging first started and Remember there was like that golden age of blogging where the bloggers that got in at the right time, they staked their claim in a particular space and they were like the go-to person in that space. And then it kind of went past that point and literally there were way too many blogs, way too many people writing, way too many of everything. And podcasting is really at that point so interesting we're talking about it now because I literally just talked about it on our live training. But it's at that point before that saturation point. And I just feel like there's still such a great opportunity to chart with your podcast if you're doing the right thing. There's still such a great opportunity to um, get featured with your podcast and all of those opportunities are there. They won't be there in two years, potentially. You know what I mean? So, Mm. um, Can you touch on that quickly about the charting and the featured? Like what's the strategy around that? What, how do you, what does that even mean? (laughs) (laughs) What even is What is is this? Like the biggest mistake I see people make is that they launch their podcast and they're like, can you please get me to, or can you please rate and review my podcast, right? That means nothing um, in terms of where your podcast will actually um, sit in things like the charts. So um, when you're going to launch your podcast, basically you just need to concentrate a whole heap of effort on one day and tell everyone about it, get everyone to share it, run ads, do all of the things all on your launch day with a view to getting as many people listening and subscribing as possible. If you do that, you have the best chance of charting within that kind of 24-hour period. Is that a 24-hour period only when you launch or like it could be a 24-hour period two months later? Concentrated activity. Yeah. So it can be like you could launch and then you could do that like you could do, you know, a promotion now and literally have it all on one day and exactly the same thing. Mm. We just said mm, at the same time. <laughs> but I love that if you have an existing community as well, that would obviously amplify that, right? 100%. But another way that you can go about it is you can um, create that community through podcasting. So guest podcasting. One of the best ways to um, basically collaborate with like-minded people, share your audiences between people as long as you're in like similar but non-competing industries. So if you're like, oh, my gosh, I don't have an audience but I want to start a podcast, have a strategy for the six months or the three months beforehand that you get on as many aligned podcasts as you possibly can and build your audience so that you launch on day one with an audience of people that are interested in what you have to say because they've already heard you. Mm, such a golden nugget. That is a good one. And I remember Stevie, la- I think it was last year, was last year when um, Spotify invested like, what was it? 500 million, million. into podcasting. And yeah. you were even saying then like, now is the time people are just investing now. And even when we were looking at studios, one of the guys was like, this is the perfect time to get into podcasting because the metrics for analytics is does not even exist really. No. Not like there is for everything else. So that's how, you know, from a tech perspective, there's so much growth in that space. And that's something, I mean, yeah, you understand. It's like, you don't get all your, you have no idea if someone listens to a full episode or if they stop halfway or if they play it three times, like it's, it's hard. You don't have those metrics like you do with other things. No. And this is, this is like one of the most frustrating things, but 
is so right. It just means that we're still kind of in the infancy of it. But um, like there's really beta analytics. I don't want to get too techy, but like there's really beta stats on things like Apple Podcasts where they'll tell you how long people have listened through and things. But um, nothing really uh, to the point that or, or to the um, to the standard that it should be, basically. So, um So yeah, now is the time, guys. Now is the time. Well, you mentioned, well, we obviously mentioned at the beginning of the episode, your podcast has rated in the top business charts. You've had collectively over 200,000 downloads. Was there one specific thing that you did for your podcast to have that growing listenership and community and clout, essentially? Not one thing. It's actually at 300,000 as of oh, like oh, I'm sorry. next week. Oh. It'll be 300,000. <laughs> That's just and phenomenal. I, <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is amazing. What the hell? But like, that's over a quarter of a million people listening, right? Which is like freaking wild to me. But um, it's incredible. the three things that have worked most and best for me has been guest podcasting. So um, appearing on other people's podcasts as a way of growing my own podcast. Um, strategic guest choices. So I find that if you have big names on your podcast, it's never as successful as finding someone that is um, has a small, engaged, passionate audience and is willing to share that podcast with their audience. That will be such a huge way to um, basically drive up your podcast listenership. And every episode that I've had that has had somebody along those lines on it is far more popular than any other episode. And I always chart whenever there's, um, whenever there is one of those sorts of guests. So um, guest podcasting collabs, yeah, yeah, collabs is the other one, which is kind of guest podcasting anyway. And running ads is the other thing that I've kind of started to test a little bit. The hard thing is with stats, you can't tell directly who's coming over and subscribing. But do you guys do, do you have video podcasts? Do you guys air your podcasts? On Not video? yet. Not yet. But no. we, we do have, we, we have for, we have filmed one um, episode, but yeah. we're going to be filming our episodes. It's just a little bit harder when you're zooming in, but we're, I know, definitely, going to, I know. we're definitely going to record our own um, when we just co-host together and, yeah. and release those as well. Because what you should do, so if you do have the video ones, I don't have it yet either because I'm just never really like like video ready. <laughs> um, but if you are, you can basically put together little square clips and put them up on Facebook um, of the best little snippets. And you can also have the full episode. So people actually listen to the full episode on Facebook, which is wild to me. Um, and then basically only serve it to people that are on an Apple phone and um the call to action is for them to subscribe. So that's another way to kind of grow. Thanks for the tip. That is an awesome tip. And Mm. you are, you are film ready, just saying. Yeah. (laughs) We were joking because there's someone that we follow who has a podcast and we were saying, oh, did you see the video of her where she was recording and she was literally like in a robe with her hair done up, like drinking coffee, no makeup. And Gina's like, we should record one in our pajamas one day. (laughs) Or or day J's. love that. That would be so funny. Totally. Totally. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I feel like someone needs to cut us off right now because this conversation could literally go on for about two more hours. Thank you so, so much for all of this goodness, Stevie. It's been an absolute pleasure having you. We have one final question. Yes. If you could go back in time, what would be one piece of advice you'd give your younger self in business and soul? Oh my gosh. Um, not to stress so much. I used to spend every day in this constant like ball of stress because I wanted to achieve and I wanted to like, you know, and I just wish I could just tell myself that it will all work out and you don't need to stress. You don't need to work 16 hours a day. (laughs) Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Oh, I just want to say that you're actually honestly a superwoman, super mum, super biz mum. Like you've managed to blend both of them together and given us the real and raw view of that. And I absolutely just want to say how much I appreciate that because it's so resonated with us today. And I hope it resonates with our listeners as well. And finally, I just want to say, I'm just so happy to actually see you in, in on the screen at least, but we definitely have to see each other in person one of these days. That's yeah. for sure. Thank you so much. And finally, where can people find you, Stevie? Uh, Stevie says social.com or Stevie says social podcast or Stevie says social on Instagram. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. One more thing. Are you changing the business name? I am considering it. Oh, 
another yeah. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> another, another, another podcast, the rebrand. We're going to yeah. be having well, to talk about. Well, I was about- even just thinking, actually, maybe I'll tell you offline because maybe it'll get taken, but yeah. I, I do have an idea. Okay. <laughs> we're, we're totally t- taking you off on that one. And yeah. we will put all your dates in the episode notes, of course. And look, guys, you know the drill. As Stevie said, you have to subscribe to the podcast <laughs> so that we can keep serving you some awesome goodness, help you get out of your own way and honestly just be the superstar soulpreneur you are. Amen to that. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time. Bye. Guys, I hope you enjoyed that chat as much as I enjoyed chatting to Rochelle and Gina. Go and check them out. And if you want to start your own podcast, come and join me in Launch Your Wildly Successful Podcast, okay? I would love to have you in there. If you're listening in real time, head to steviesayssocial.com forward slash training. If you're not, still head out there because, you know, I'll be opening the doors again sometime in the future. And these future people listening, if that's you you'll be lucky enough to get in as well. But I would love to see you in there. My mission is 100 new podcasts launched by mid-year. Will you be one of them? I hope so. All right. I'll see you in my regular episode this coming Tuesday. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you've made it this far, hopefully it means you've liked it. Make sure you hit subscribe so that you don't miss future episodes and leave me a quick rating and a review while you're there. I would be so, so grateful. Want to say hi? Head over to Instagram at Stevie Says Social and send me a DM. Till next time.